Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we are on episode 67. Yeah. I got it right that time. Yeah, you got it right that time. No, we had to retake that because Orlando confuses episodes. Yeah, and, and we refuse to let that be our, our thing every episode is to start off and say the wrong one. So I, You know what I think I need to do? I need to come back with those like number associations. Remember I used to do that, and then I kind of stopped? Yeah. Maybe I, it's time to bring them back. I don't, I mean, maybe, but I think sometimes you were stretching a little bit, so. Yeah, but it was good. It was kind of our thing. Like, you know, I, I it wasn't as good as your quote of the week. Well, nothing, but it worked. Nothing can be as good as the quote of the week, but you know, we could we could we could try. We'll see what people think. Uh, but anyways, this is an update episode, which is I'm gonna be honest, like probably one of my favorite to do. Like I really love doing the update episodes because there's so many fun things to talk about. Um, I feel like it's the most like connected to like the day to day reselling. You know what I mean? Like it really just like dives deep into like what it's like to be a reseller. Uh, it's not as philosophical. Um, it doesn't focus in on like one specific aspect. It's kind of just like a well-rounded reselling episode. So here we are, update episode. How has your week been? <laughs> Mike's on fire today. He he's definitely looking forward to this episode. It's it's been. You mean so we're already going into the update? That's what you're saying. Just like you know, okay. catching up. How are things going? Uh, I they're going well. It's uh it's interesting that it's already August. It's kind of strange because that means Q4 is almost here. So I'm. One of the things I'm I'm stressing about is, should I be sourcing more for Amazon? So I, I'm thinking, okay, what am I what am I supposed to be doing right now? And here's a tip: this is those of you that post on Instagram consistently, you should check your archives and see what you're doing at this time. And that's what I did. I actually went back on our Purezo Podcast Instagram, checked the archive, and I went, oh, I'm okay, I'm on track, right? It's, it's good. You know, most people are organized and. They have like calendars and probably that's what you have. But people like me, I kind of like to go, you know, when the deal's there. And so I like running to deals. Now, things are good. Uh, since last update, I was supposed to send out some Amazon shipments and I did. Nice. Does and, that feel good to have your house kind of back? Well, I don't know about back. We'll talk about that later. But all those sales are kicking in, which is nice because today eBay was crickets. It was like one offer and it was a $15 off on a $70 item. Those are the worst. How do you deal with those? Um, you know, I uh, I respond back with what I think is a fair offer. See, I get snarky now, so I'll I'll counter offer with the dollar off of the full price, and just so they go away. I mean, I, I think there is an element of that being snarky, and that might kind of go against the the random story that I'm going to tell today. But at the same time, <laughs> are like, you blowing kisses in that story? Well, it's almost it's similar to that. So okay. at the same time, um. I do feel like best offer, I mean, it is saying like, hey, I'm willing to negotiate a little bit here. Okay. But realistically, we live in a society where most people don't barter for day-to-day items, right? Like if you go on Amazon, you're buying something, you're you're paying whatever the listed price. So if you are able to offer or get something for a dollar or two off, hey, that's still a win. Like if you were planning on purchasing that item and it's like, hey, would you work with me a little bit? So I don't think it's necessarily like too obnoxious to like just offer back with a dollar off. I mean, it's pretty clear what you're doing at that point. But at the same time, if they were going to buy it at full price, they were just trying to see if they can get a good deal. You come back with a dollar off. Hey, they saved a buck. Well, some are trying to test, you know, you have that option to automatically decline. So I know some are like testing that because I've seen it where that person will offer super low and then I'll counter and then they'll offer just a few bucks more. They're trying to see 
Now, eventually, they get the clue that it's a real person that's countering. Or because well, they what? Them. They only get four. There's only four back and forth. I think it's six. Is it six? I think so. I could be wrong. It never gets to six. <laughs> it's rare that it gets to six. Yeah, at that point, either the buyer or seller has had enough. It could be four. I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. I can't remember. It's been a while. So there's that. So Amazon, you know, just it's just it's nice. The velocity is nice. So I'm I'm going back to okay. I need to prep for Q4 because. I kind of miss that velocity. The other thing is I've been using the MUA, the multi-user access account with my helper. It's been awesome. Have we decided helper is still the term that's used? Helper is still, <laughs> helper is still the term. It works. I, I, you I know, I'm a I, fan of helper. If I ever hire somebody, there'll be um, an assistant or a contractor or... Or a helper. Just go helper. Anyways, so... Actually, I did a talk to her today and I asked her, you know, how's how's the eBay multi-user account access? That's not how I asked her. I just said, how's the eBay thing? And she said, oh, I, I like it because it's very, it's it's all there. It, it's all streamlined. Where when we were doing third party, there'd be some random stuff in there or some stuff didn't cross over very well. And th this way is just, it's very simple and easy. I go into my drafts and what's nice is, it's mobile too, because on third-party apps, some of them didn't have like an app. And, you know, this is within the eBay app. So I can just go to my eBay app, go to my drafts, and I could, you know, when I'm mobile, I could start posting stuff. Yeah. So it's been good. And then, you know, a couple other things, you know, I was talking about finding more 90s gear and, and I am definitely, I guess when you really are intently looking for stuff, you find it. So now I'm finding Wait, more. So kind of like you. You're 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 going with the philosophy that you like projected out that this no. is this is what you're looking for. <laughs> it manifested for, itself. And it, and no, it comes no, 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 because no. you've spoken it into no, existence. No, 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 no. I it's one of those things that I made sure that I will pick up things if it's gonna you know still make a profit, but I'm gonna be more intentional. And so I've been more intentional. My only concern is, am I gonna put myself into a niche that maybe six months from now? may not be a niche anymore may not be money you know or if we yeah up it might not be a niche six months from now but i kind of feel like things always kind of come back around right like i'm <laughs> yeah, not saying i don't have time to come i'm not saying around. you should wait for like the decades you know how it's like 80s were back 90s are back i'm not saying wait decades but you know i feel like i feel like even if a trend dies out there's still a few people who are looking for it and then, that's true you know a couple years from now somebody will get it ironically i'm surprised you haven't sold a bunch of fingerlings ironically at this point yeah those are <laughs> I think there needs to be like uh, there needs to be a, a and the next eBay open a reseller bonfire, and people just toss just fingerlings. fingerlings. Well, you know the great thing and, at and that point they, they they talk about they talk about how they feel about the fingerlings and then they throw it in the bonfire. But you know what would happen? The prices of fingerlings would skyrocket because the supply would would plummet. See, but I I honestly after talking to Hustle at Home Mom and talking to all these other people, I truly believe. That if all the resellers just showed up with all the fingerlings, it would be one massive. We we definitely would know who bought all the fingerlings because I truly believe more resellers bought fingerlings than people. Just my thoughts. You're saying resellers aren't people? No. <laughs> okay. What I mean is I buyers, consumers. I okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the last thing I wanted to talk about is I actually before we get to yours, I actually had my first sale on Poshmark. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? It was all right. It was all right. It was all right in the sense that, well, number one, I felt completely as if I was a rookie. That's a good feeling to feel every once in a while. Now I you know what like I feel it. like. The sale came through. 
And then, you know, it tells you, you can package this in anything. Mm -hmm. But it said box. It didn't say envelope. Yeah, you can use envelope. I didn't. It, it wasn't clear. So. Except for the fact that if you listen to me on the podcast, you know that I use really cute mailer bags. That's true. Like with and I didn't have any of those. And, 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 you know, different fruits and flamingos and stuff on them. So I found my plain padded envelope. I packed it as a pair of Birkenstocks. And there's two things that I, I didn't like. I didn't like the process of, I've already talked about this, of, of Poshmark holding my money. I just thought, pay me now. Why do I have to wait? And then this person took an extra day to confirm the delivery, which is kind of annoying. You know, you receive the package. It should be the moment it arrives at its location, you should get paid. Not you should have to wait for the person. Because Mercari does the same thing. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree there's probably something to be said for that. The nice thing with them confirming um, is it, I think it just helps eliminate the the fear of being scammed, right? So if you're, if you're building a, a feeling amongst customers that you're for sure going to get your item, you're not going to get an empty box and them say, well, too bad, so sad, I've already got your money, right? they can kind of say like, I will pay and I don't have to like, th that fund isn't going to be released until I've got the item in my hand and I say, yes, this is what I bought, right? So I think if but you- But you already take a risk when you ship it out, right? The moment you hit that confirmed shipment, that product is out of your hands. But I feel like in, in a lot of ways, the risk is always on the seller with, when it comes to shipping like that, right? Because like if I were to buy something from Target and it just disappears, Target is going to be the one that's replacing that item, right? Like if, if something went wrong with it, like as a customer, I'm not expecting them to say, well, too bad, so sad, we shipped it, right? Like I would expect that they would be willing to honor and say like, you never received your item. Um, you know, obviously porch pirate thing kind of gets a little bit iffy if it's like, well, it shows delivered. But if it's like, it just goes missing, right? Then at that point, it's kind of like, look, I bought it. I paid for it. It's your responsibility to get it to me. So I think it's always, the responsibility is always going to be on the seller when it comes to that. Okay. And the other part, so I'm going to ask you this. When you print the labels, does it print it on a half sheet or does it have to take a whole sheet? I do, do our... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we do ours on our, our thermal printer. We just four by six. Okay. Boom. So I have the, the sticky labels. Uh-huh. And you I still haven't upgraded. No, not yet. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I know I need to, I, I will say, I don't know if I'm going to go Rolo if I upgrade, I'm going to go zebra. Yeah, it's fine. Just in the sense that anyways, there's different reasons why, but it's more compact. It's mobile and so on. I just know that because the college picker who is still in Europe, eventually he's going to be on our show. He just needs to get back from Europe whenever that happens. <laughs> So anyways, follow his, his IG. His stories are fascinating. Not reseller related right now, but he, he, you know, he's out biking in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Going back to the Poshmark thing. So I kept trying to print this label and I think I lost about four to five sheets of my half labels because I couldn't get it all on one side. It kept, it was, it was frustrating, but in the end it was easy to ship. I mean, I just, you know, I didn't have to wait or anything. I put it in a padded anyway. That's what I would have sent it in. Yeah, but the nice thing is, okay, so Birkenstocks, right? So maybe you don't have to worry about it with that. But like, for instance, I've sold several pairs of Crocs on Poshmark. If you sell it on eBay, padded envelopes obviously going to be cheaper than sending it in a box. True. However, you got to cram it in there. Well, not only you cram it in there, I just worry like you could lose form, right? Like what if they mm -hmm. set a heavy package on it? Now it's smooshed and they nobody wants to get it like that. So the nice thing with Poshmark is you don't have to cram it into a padded envelope. 
just stick it into a big box. No, I get that. No. Right? And use the USPS free boxes. Use the, I mean, obviously don't go so big that it's obnoxious because then you're going to have to, you know, pay for padding on the inside. But, you know, fit it in a box. Now you've got a rigid case around the item. It's a little bit more certain that it's going to make it. I get it. As long as Poshmark continues to subsidize the shipping. I just wonder how long that's going to happen. It's Well, Poshmark isn't subsidizing the shipping. The buyer's paying the shipping. True, but the fact that you can ship anything for a lower price. thats So that's not, I, I don't think that they've got, I don't think they're subsidizing it. I just think they have a negotiated rate with post office. I don't know. No one knows. But that's that's a pretty good, and it's possible. There are some places that have really awesome rates, right, depending on your business. So I, I could see that happening. So anyways, that is my update. That's what's been going on in reselling world for me. Okay, how about you? You you had a okay. Number one is you had a lot of non reseller related to get back to the reseller related. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're talking a lot about my move, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's consumed your life. It has, and it still is. Um, I mean, just to be like upfront, um, this last week I have not been able to to list like I've wanted to. But the sales are still coming in, right? Oh, so really? I still okay. am a reseller, right? Like I'm still sourcing occasionally. I'm still getting sales. I'm still packing and shipping. Um, I've I've organizing inventory, right? So all of the other things that are aspects of reselling, besides the listing, right? That is one aspect of of reselling. Now, granted, it, it's pretty clear that the more active you are with listing, the more sales come in, right? Like I think I think that's not just anecdotal evidence at this point. It kind of seems like that's across the board, pretty empirical. Um, Matrix. But yeah, but but the nice thing is I'm still getting sales, right? Like I'd say every few days, every couple of days, I get sales and they've been pretty nice sales. Like I've I've sold a few things where it's like, "Oh man, I have to drive all the way to my, you know, storage, my new office to like ship something that's like I'm going to make $15 profit." But I've been selling a lot of my bigger items. It's like, "Oh, sweet," right? And and it's really nice when they sell right towards the weekend so I can kind of make it one shipment, right? Where I'm packing one trip here, pack up a bunch of stuff send it out one time here. So, you know, it's you don't try to ship out by Saturday. Um, well, like if things sell like Friday night or Saturday, I'll just like ship, ship it all Sunday. typically, okay. yeah. I just say that because there's theories out there that you trigger the algorithm if you ship out Saturday. And, and to be honest, like it probably is true. Um, but we're at a place where like the sales that are coming in have been nice. That's good. But we're not like, eager for more, right? Like we're kind of glad that we're not like forced to come here every day and go through that whole process okay. because we've been so busy with other things. We talk a lot on the podcast about um, you really need to find what's important at the time, right? No, I agree. And, and, and if you're a full-time reseller, you absolutely can't do this because it's your, mm -hmm. your job, right? But if you're part-time and you've got to focus on your job in other ways and you've got other things going on in life, it's kind of nice that you can kind of ease off Right. You can kind of say like, OK, I'm going to back up a little bit. There's still sales coming in, but it doesn't have to consume my time mm -hmm. and I can focus on those other things that are important. So I think I think that's been um, it's a super nice about this whole process, like still getting sales, been getting sales on Poshmark, sales on eBay and with no listing. Right. That's pretty awesome. So you haven't worked on any death piles. I've actually added to it because I went to garage sales today. <laughs> I saw. I'm actually looking at Mike's. Uh, he had some nice pickups today. Yeah, a few few so, interesting things. So there we go. Wow. So do you, like, obviously you guys have a timetable, right? I mean, so are you close to kind of settling in or is it there's still a lot left? Every time I feel like I'm getting close to settling in, like there's a new 
wrench in the in the the whole process, right? And I think that's life. I mean, I, I don't want to be that person that's like, "Who woe is me? Life is yeah, hard." Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's got their stories. Um, everybody has the reason why things are difficult. Um, it's just right now, um, the focusing on the listing hasn't been a priority. So. Um, I haven't mentioned on the podcast yet. Um, I mentioned a few weeks back that I had a big meeting, right? Oh, that's right. So um, I ended up getting another job. I applied at another school district. And so thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm really excited. It's a great opportunity for for my family. Um, I think it's going to provide some more benefits besides just like, you know, financial, but like other things that'll free up time and allow us to focus a little bit more on the reselling. Um, So I'm really excited about it. But with that comes packing up one classroom, moving into another classroom, learning new curriculum, redoing everything, right? So that turns what should be the last like three weeks of summer that should be kind of chill and easy going into, you know, a year that you're prepared for into scrambling last minute of like, what am I going to be teaching this year? Right? So it's interesting you say that though, because I I have mentioned to you, I took this super part-time teaching position and it's just interesting getting back in the fact that I went a whole year where I never had to reply to a single email. Yeah. I never had to do anything except reselling it and our podcast. And so, and this is super part time teaching one class, 90 minutes a week. We just, it's just for fun, but like, I understand. I just say this because I understand when people walk away and become full-time resellers, it's very rare that I'll run into somebody that says, hey, I was a reseller and then I went back to work, at least in my experience. Most people, like once they get to that place, they're done or maybe they complete their careers. I mean, change their careers completely and do something totally different than what they were doing before they were a reseller. And I think that makes sense. And I think part of that probably is um, one of the reasons a lot of people get drawn into reselling in the first place is the freedom it provides, mm-hmm. opportunities it provides. Oftentimes people are trying to make extra money. So they're they're if you're just to be, you know, real, if you're very content in your job and you're being compensated in in a way that's like you've got more money than you know what to do with, you're probably not worried about having a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're trying to pick up side hustles, there's probably areas where you're maybe not content or there's just um friction going on in that area of your life. So it's a natural thing to say like, hey, this is working. I'd like to move out of this thing that's causing me so much friction into something that's like kind of freeing. And then, yeah, I could see like once you get that freedom experience completely, it's like, I can't go back to that, right? Or or shifting career, like you said, to something else where it's like, this other thing is nice, but I still have this part of my life that 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 isn't fulfilling or isn't meeting all of my needs and I've got to leave. So, um, but I'm sure too, there's got to be many people out there who you've tried to do reselling full-time and it, it can be tough, right? It's not no, a guarantee. It, it, it is tough. And it's, it's very unsettling at times. You know, if you don't have the savings and you don't have the inventory and you have the slow days, you begin to question, like, how how long can I do this for? But I, I do find that most people that have gone full time, it's that is more the in my experience. And I'm not talking about the YouTube world. I'm not talking about the Instagram world. I'm just talking about people I know personally that's what they end up just doing. And then if they chose another career, it's because they wanted to not because they had to. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things go. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't, I haven't taught history in three years. Cause even when I was a vice principal, my last two, I chose not to teach. Yeah. So, so we're both, I mean, my workload is going to be definitely a lot less than yours, but we'll make it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited because my workload is going to be, I think as the year goes, it'll progressively get less for me. And then um, by year two in any, you know, field like that, you've kind of are able to, you, you got momentum, you kind of have things developed. Uh, this first year is like starting over, you know, and starting over is tough. So no matter what job that is. So, you know, that's just kind of where energy is going right now for me. Um, but I'm still making money, right? Like I'm, I'm at, at, at school doing some professional development stuff and I hear the ching on my phone. I go, oh, I gotta turn this down. But you're it's not like, even at 500 items yet. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I mean, if you, if you count all of my cross. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I only know eBay, but I mean, think about where you'll be once you cr cross that oh. threshold. Yeah. So it's nice. It's nice just to, to always be making that little bit of extra money. You should throw a little, a 500, you know, listing party when you get there. Whoop, whoop. We just need to do confetti again. We just need a reason for confetti again. I'm still picking up confetti in this room. So no, that's no true. more confetti. I think I think there's one right here. Oh, I got off the mic. So those of you listening to the podcast, there really is still confetti. We try to pick up every single piece from our, was that our one year episode yeah. back in June? It's still everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's still in my car. It's crazy. It's crazy. And right. it, this isn't even, that's like, this is big confetti. Like, I'm just glad it's not like little pieces. <laughs> like I didn't know. I just trusted you when you handed me this confetti can, and you're like, "All right, we're gonna pull this." It was worth it for the TikTok. It was it was worth <laughs> it for sure. But if that would have been like little pieces of you know like the the paper confetti, oh no, I remember or glitter. Can you imagine? No, remember the senior. I had a senior prank in my office, and I had glitter for an entire year. I'd go home and I'd go through my stuff, and I have glitter in my files still. So yeah, glitter glitter doesn't go away. Glitter's brutal. I get. All right, so. I'm I'm glad you're you're gonna have time to come back to reselling. Now I'm glad the sales are coming in. That's that's one of the awesome things about this. Those of you that are just starting, when you get to a place where you have enough inventory and you have quality inventory, even if you need to take a break, like Mike said, that sales will still kick in. You know, I, I think about eBay open. I think about, you know, I'm gonna go out of town in three weeks. I'm not worried because I just gotta change my handling time. And sales will still be there. So it's good. All right. Let's get to some random stories here. Random stories. All right. What do you got? For, what do we got? What's some random that's been happening? Oh, I feel like I've been talking for a long time now. What do you got? Oh, are you just, you're, you're bouncing the tennis ball? Yeah. I'm putting the ball in your court. Okay. So I got two. One is, one, of, one is a fail and we'll see how this turns out. So, you know, you always talk about, we always talk about, well, we don't always, but you always see on Instagram, people sell to famous people. And I sold the paracletes to a famous individual, a famous baseball player from the 80s, late 90s. And it was one of those things where I'm like, that's cool. And, you know, not trying to be soccerish, but you do that Google map thing. It's kind of scary technology. I don't know if you should be saying that and, you're like no, anybody Google would, mapping. Listen, anybody would do that. If you got if somebody if you got, you know, an offer. Okay, or if you got a purchase, let's say from Barack Obama, you wouldn't Google map it. Or if it was, I don't know, throw somebody out there, Tom Cruise, or I don't know, just somebody, you would Google map it. You'd want to know if that was really the person. Maybe. Okay. So, I, and I can't, I'm not going to share the name because, you know, even though we don't have a lot of that many people that listen, you never know. So, so here's the worst thing though. So this person pays, I Google it and I locate, you know, and it matches the news saying where this person lived. And it was a very wealthy, you know, estate. 
And then I look at my listings and I notice that in my listing, the size is correct. In my pictures, the size is correct. In my description, the size is correct. But in the item specifics, it's wrong. You sold the wrong thing yes. to like a VIP famous person. Okay. And this VIP famous person is known for not being kind at times. Oof. <laughs> so okay. That, maybe, maybe they weren't using the item specifics though. Maybe they were, maybe what they wanted was the, you know, I, I'm hoping, but the it was, title. but I, I, okay. So I went a little more soccerish and I looked up that person's shoe size and the shoe size was was exactly in the item specifics, not what was in the listing and the picture Ooh. and the description. So their so, shoe size, like they're famous enough that their shoe size is known. Yes, it's out there. There's actually an article about how this person's shoe size stayed the same while other parts of them grew because you know as he became a better athlete. <laughs> that's what the that's what the what? article said. That's what the article said. Just that's what it said. Anyways, they got they they got swole. You know, they, they grew. So, you know, this is when, remember the, remember during eighties and nineties, certain sports, there was a lot of, a lot of juicing going on. What? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> but there's so many athletes out there. I don't want to be able to pinpoint this one. Anyways. So I messaged them and I, I actually wondered, is this person that's really famous? Do they have the app on their phone and do they reply to messages? No. Cause he never got back to me. So then I was in a dilemma and I knew, okay, another verification is that this person's PayPal account wasn't their name. It was like, it was their name. It was a company with their name in it, you know? So yeah, I almost wondered that like to like, if you're high level enough, if you're famous enough, do you end up using personal shoppers because of that? Like, I think that's do, what happened. Do you here. shop on Amazon and eBay or do you do you have somebody who does that for you? Well, I've seen it on Instagram where people will ask, who's a famous person you've sold to? And then everybody will just share all these. And some of the names on there, I'm I'm interested in going, wow, that person personally sit in their living room or were they at In-N-Out Burger or somewhere and just go, huh. I, I mean, like they have to have I'm a life. Send them an offer. They've got to have a life too. You know, like I was at Disneyland. But does eBay mean you have a life? Just throwing it out there. What What do you mean? Like, do you have to buy an eBay to show you have a life? No, but like if you're, I mean, just like anybody else, like if you need to get that unique rare thing, where True. do you look? You know, but eBay. this person could have been sponsored. Like, why did they go to eBay? I don't know. Okay, Who knows? Anyways, all right, go ahead. But yeah, like, like it's interesting how many times, like I've been at Disneyland and if it's like a really, really famous person, like they get to go through like the underground tunnels, you know, mm. and they like close rides down for them to get in. But then there's the people who are like kind of in between and they 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 still go, you know, like people you're still going to see them. They, they're going to sit down and eat. And I was at Disneyland with a group of students. We were on like a school trip and uh, there was a famous Instagrammer who also was on uh, The Amazing Race. Right. He was well, on that, the, that's mid-level. No, no, no. Like he's like, OK, you would say mid-level, but this is like a new influencer. Right. Like okay, this okay. is like super high level. Like I would say you know, amongst the students, amongst kids, like about as high as you could get. Okay. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's just a big something. deal these days. That is right. Like, like in our stuff. mind, we're still thinking movie stars. And yeah. Big stuff, but YouTube influencers, if they're certain, they're just, they're on the it's, same it's level bigger. with, with it, uh, the younger generation. I mentioned, really I mentioned to, to students one time, I was like, oh, you know, um, 
have you seen this movie? Blah, blah, blah. It was related to a book we were reading. I was like, you know, it has like Brad Pitt in it. And they're like, don't know who that is. Wow. And I'm like, you know, Brad Pitt. And they're like, no. And so it's like who we would consider famous aren't the people who kids are thinking are famous. You know what I mean? So, and that's the next generation. So, I mean, this is, this guy was a big deal. Um, He was nice enough to let me get a picture with him, but like, yeah, just thinking like, you know, they, unless you're at a place where you're so, so pretentious that you're like, I'm not even going to do any shopping for myself. I'm going to do everything through somebody else. Like, you know, you're still going to go into a store, go into a Starbucks and get a drink. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, it makes sense that they would be on eBay and buy your items and it's kind of cool. Well, except for you sold them the wrong thing. Well, I don't know that. Maybe they wanted that size. Maybe they looked at the pictures and the list in the description. So, and they bought a size shoe that's different than their, yeah, maybe their recorded shoe size. They, a charity or one of their nephews. I don't know. Anyways, you're going to go down and I shipped I shift it out. Here's the thing. If it ends up my only negative feedback, it'll be because of that person. You're going to have, there you go. I mean, that could be your claim to fame. Like I got a negative feedback from a famous person. Call TMZ and go like, <laughs> Hey, here you go. And that's how, I, that's how I recoup the losses from my negative feedback. I like it. That's All right. Anyways. Stuff. Okay. I have more, but share with me what else is going on with you. Okay. So, um, we've talked a lot about on the podcast. Um, being nice, right? Like being nice to uh, people when you're sourcing, being nice when you're dealing with really upset. We've gone as far as to say crazy customers, right? Mm -hmm. And I've experienced something this week that really kind of emphasized the importance of this, especially when it comes to customer service. So there are times you're dealing with the worst customer, right? Like they're just obnoxious. They're being rude. And it's very easy to want to like go down to that level and just be like snarky back with them or say things back. And sometimes, sometimes we see that and we kind of cheer like, yeah, there was some justice there. But I experienced something this last week. I was, uh, I was traveling. I love these stories. I just, when Mike ever has some kind of interaction, I can't wait to hear it. So it was, you feel the same. It was so bizarre. So I was on a work trip and and we were going to go stay in a hotel. So we go to the hotel. And we're going to check in and I'm busy filling out a form and I'm kind of not paying attention to the check-in process. And the man behind the counter, um, I could tell like there was like, there was something weird was going on. So the guy who was checking us in and one of the ladies that was with us was kind of like, I, I don't understand. I could tell like there was a little bit of escalation going on. So like I look over and I'm trying to figure out what's happening. And I have never seen this in my entire life. I've never experienced this type of customer service. Okay. So I'm going to try and explain it the so best way I can. tie this into reselling. Yeah. It's customer service. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. Um, so this, this guy, the way he was, was acting was, I want to say it's passive aggressive, but that doesn't even explain it. It was the most sarcastic smile, fake smile, fake nodding, and just being as rude as you possibly could be with a smile on his face. It's awesome. And I'm watching this and like the la- the lady was asking like, so, so are there uh, rooms aren't available? Like when should we come back? And his whole responses each time were like, no, they're not. And so it's like, okay, it's like, <laughs> oh, do we come back? This is, this is kind of a movie. Yeah. And his, I, I honestly thought I was in like a, a comedy. I thought I was being punked. Like it was. And so he looked <laughs> at me and he goes, so it was like, should we come back? I don't know. Should you? And I oh was my. like, well, like are, the, are the rooms going to be ready? This person's asking, are the rooms going to be ready? Like when will they be ready? I don't know. And it was like, well, 
this is kind of, you know, un- this is strange. This is unacceptable. Like, I don't understand like what we're supposed to do here. So I walked up and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And he looked at me and he goes, hello, I can't stand passive aggressive people like you guys. Oh my. And I was like, okay. This, like, is, I- this is crazy. And so I'm like, okay. is- <laughs> and like still this giant smile on his face. And I was like, okay, like, I think there's a misunderstanding here. Like what's going on? Like, are the rooms not ready? He says, they're not ready. And I was like, okay. So like, should, should we come back? So how like, many when- people are observing this? There's four of us. There's five of us in the room right now. And is everybody looking at each other going, Yeah, like what's, I, what's I literally looked here? over at one of the other people and I said, like, is this happening right now? Like, I've never experienced this. You're looking for cameras in the ceiling. Yeah. And <laughs> and I, I'm i not doing it justice. Like, I can't even explain how, like, I mean, everybody's blood is boiling because there's like, we told that story about like when I like, if it's road rage, I like blow a kiss towards somebody like, because, you know, it gets them frustrated. <laughs> so if you missed it, I think it's our episode about buyer issues. It's all good. I think it's that one. So check that out in, in our, you know anthology of episodes yeah if you haven't heard that story anyways all right, keep yeah going. and so it was just the most bizarre thing i'd ever experienced like as you're talking like he wouldn't let you finish he's like uh-huh uh-huh okay okay yeah yeah okay like the whole time and i'm like okay so let's calm down like and i'm i'm, I'm trying to say like i think the reason like a couple people had to step out of the room there was like so much frustration it's like okay i think the reason there's confusion is like normally like in a situation like this like we would just be like told like, Hey, we're sorry. Like there's not rooms available. And he responded, Oh, you want an apology? I'll give you an apology. Then a thousand apologies, sir. I am so sorry, sir. A thousand times. I apologize. Do you feel better now? And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to step out. Right. Like this is so unreal. It, I'm, I'm even struggling believing what you're telling me right now. It's I, I so wouldn't crazy. Be, like it. I, it was the most bizarre. Like I've never experienced anything like it. So I step out. I'm like, okay, this is really, this is the, the craziest thing. And I ended up coming back in later to try and clear the air. Cause it's like, okay, like we're supposed to have rooms here. So I'm just trying to figure out like, do we need to go somewhere else? We need to figure out something like when are there rooms going to be available at some point? And so I go back in, I'm like, look, I think there was miscommunication. I think there was frustration in his responses. Well, then I accept your apology. But from my experience, it's people like you who cause problems. And it's like, wow, okay. Like, and the whole time it was like, okay, this person doesn't understand and he kept he, he made a comment he goes have you never stayed in a hotel before because this is how it works because we okay was, please tell me you followed up with management on this one i i this person was management so okay above them there was no above them this was a small hotel. this is where you should have gone live on ig well that would have <laughs> been, been one of the most epic ig lives we've ever had i, up I, I think it's just one of those things like i was just so shocked and confused you know what I mean? That like, I didn't, I didn't even know how to respond here. But anyways, I tell this story because it taught me something. And what it really made me think of was we were not being in any way, shape or form, like aggressive customers or mean or rude customers. Yeah. So it was definitely unjust the way we were treated. And I feel like we handled ourselves really well. Nobody like said anything inappropriate, like, you know, so I'm, I'm very proud of that. However, I started thinking like, even if, even if we were being obnoxious, even mm-hmm. if we were being kind of rude towards this person, and it is the responsibility of the person providing customer service, I feel like to take that. I feel like at that point, even if you have to apologize for something you didn't do, it's like, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry there's a miscommunication. Let me do what I can do. Let me explain what it is I can do. And if, if that if you're not happy with that, like I can I apologize. Like this is what I, you know what I mean? Like you you provide a level of like. I'm sincere. I'm sincerely uh, sorry that this is happening. Like you're upset with me. I don't mean to come across as being whatever. I'll try and help. Like 
I feel like it's your responsibility to do the best you can to defuse the situation mm-hmm. and say like, this is how I can help you out. Here's that's <clears> always the, even like I hear it all the time from people who are like um, servers at restaurants, right? That that's what they do for a profession. And they say all the time, customers can be just terribly rude to them. Give me this now. How long is this going to take? Why is my water like, and their response can never be like, well, too bad for you, right? Like you're not the most important person in the room. Like you can't say that to them. You have to like smile and say, okay, I'll be right back with your water, sir. And then you leave. And then to yourself, you go, wow, that person's very rude, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't say that to them. And so I just started thinking about that when it even comes to reselling, because we deal with oftentimes some pretty interesting buyers, right? Or people offering us. And it just made me think like, retaliating with like something back or kind of making that snarky comment back really it other than maybe making you feel like yeah i got one like it doesn't do anything and if anything it just puts you in such a bad light and we have a brand right like when you're selling something you have an ebay store you have an amazon store you got a poshmark's closet whatever it is even if a person is being terrible, they're being snarky, they're being rude through the messaging system, whatever it is, they're leaving terrible comments. You've got to stay above it. Whether you're not, you deserve mm-hmm. it. Like I you agree. can't stoop down to that level. Cause I mean, I've seen that even on like Yelp reviews, right? Where like somebody like blasts like the owner of an establishment or an establishment and the, the person responds back and it's like, I'm sorry, you had a bad experience. Like we, we hope that you would try us again. Like that, that, that this doesn't reflect poorly on us. And then occasionally you see ones where like the owner responds back and it's like, well, clearly you don't understand. And it's like, it just looks so bad. It just looks so bad. Yeah, you know, I, like, I agree with you. So, um, all that to say the random story was that was the, like the weirdest, one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my life. Probably like the top five, like weirdest things I've ever experienced. And it did teach me that lesson that like, look, I didn't deserve to be treated that way. And being treated that way, being treated poorly when it's somebody providing customer service is worse because that's not what's expected. You as a customer, there's almost an expectation that you're going to receive politeness and kindness, even if you're escalating the situation. Right. And so, um, all that to say, man, guys, it's a weird world out there. That is weird. You know, and the other thing I'm thinking about when you say that is you never know what situation you're stepping into. Right, you could have squashed that by just saying something terrible. Like, mm-hmm. what? What if you're going through something terrible? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to list a specific one, but there's various ones where there's, you know, going through a, an illness or a death in the family or just mm-hmm. something terrible, and that person would have felt like a complete, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you never know. And I agree with you. I, it's the same thing. Whenever you get somebody that's snarky, it's always. You know, let's say something doesn't work out. You've talked about this. If it's broken or or if it's defective, hey, I'm so sorry. You know, let me look into that. My apologies. It's always the best way to go. No, always. And, and even if you're smiling, you can still be st- stabbing somebody with a dagger. Yeah, yeah. And people know, like people aren't people aren't stupid. You've got to be. You've got to be genuine. Um, I think there's something to say. Like you shouldn't. You shouldn't break down and scream at somebody, but putting a fake smile on and being condescending. I think that's even worse. It's worse, right? <laughs> it's that's the blowing kiss at somebody when they're flipping you off, right? Like it, it's, it's, <laughs> the, it's that, it's the deeper stab and twist, right? It's rough. All right. Well, that was definitely a story I did not expect. Hey, it's a random go. story, Customer right? service for the benefit of us all. It's important. It, it was important. I think, I think that's one of the most memorable stories I've, I've heard you tell. It gets worse. I'll have to tell you more off air. Okay, all right. Is that we should have like these uh extra extra episodes 
you know, Parasol like, Podcast off air, off air episodes, which they'd be off air. So I don't know if they would air. All right. So mine has nothing to do with it. Okay. Today I went to an estate sale and you know, you get to a place as a reseller where you feel comfortable and you think, you know what you're doing. And we always talk about how the longer you do this, you don't feel it is, you know, you get no sense of really, do I know what I'm doing? You get an understanding of, hey, I know more. I'm self-aware. I get it. So today, garage sales were terrible. But I was okay with that because I noticed that there was an estate sale that had Disney stuff. Galore Disney. You couldn't imagine every single room. So I'm like, okay, I'll hold my capital. I'll go to this one. So I went to this estate sale. It was the second day. And I'm thinking probably the first day was the collectors, all the major buyers that are going to pay top dollar for items that already have, you know, there are some, some individuals that are sellers that already have a network of buyers that can pay top dollar because they could turn that fast. So I strongly recommend, we talked about this in our last episode about networking. That's one of the ways to network is that you develop a group of buyers. I already have some buyers on certain items. You know, I've, I've mentioned before about a Dr. Pepper collector and a Harley collector and so on. And when you do those, you can pay the top dollar because, you know, you'll make that money fast. Well, I don't have that with Disney and I don't have an extensive knowledge of Disney. I know a few things, but not a lot. So I show up and I'm about 20 minutes late to the state. I mean, 20 minutes early to the state sale. And I thought I would have to sign in, you know, wait in line. I show up. Doors already open. And I see people with like boxes coming out. And I'm like, what is going on? So somebody looks at me and with a box goes, you better get in there. Everybody's grabbing everything. I'm like, what? This is not right. So I go in there and I explained this in the IG story. It seriously felt and looked as if it was Walmart on a Black Friday. Like, you know, when they when they released that, <laughs> released the hounds or whatever, they, you know, they, they let you dig into the plastic. People are grabbing stuff everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I, there's a part of me. And I feel like I failed. I froze, I think, for two minutes. I stood there and I looked around and it said, okay, how am I going to best execute this so I can walk out of here with money? Because right now I could be like everybody else and grab every single piece. Maybe I should have. Because I did see a guy and maybe he already knew his stuff. But he was coming in and he was just grabbing, 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 grabbing because it was 50% off. And then if you had a bulk buy, they were willing to work with you. And let me let me give you kind of a, a picture of how everything looks. So you walk in, okay, you turn into the kitchen to the left, you open the cupboards, every single glass in there was Disney. Okay. You turn to the right, you go to the bathroom, all the towels are Disney. The toilet paper is Disney. No, I'm Everything serious. That's Disney. how it was. You go into the study, shelves of Disney. And it, those of you that follow us on Instagram, another reason you should follow us on Instagram is this is all on Instagram story, and, and maybe we'll post it because it's one of the craziest. I would say houses filled with Disney. You go into the living room, Disney. You go into their DVD collection. You go into their VHS collection. You go into the bedrooms. You go outside their, you know, their gardening, like, uh, what do you call that? Gardening decor. All Disney. Everything. Disney, Disney, Disney. Then they had all these limited store releases. So here's the thing. My first thought was, I'm going to go in and I'm going to buy out the plush. Because they had, because I already, I looked outside and some people were grabbing some. I'm like, 
the best way for me to stop this from you know getting worse is to just throw money down and buy out everything. So I go into this room and it's it's a room, I don't know, let's say it's 20 by 10 or something. That's that's my storage unit. But anyways, it's a big room. Plush everywhere. And new tags everywhere. So I'm looking and I'm trying to just do a quick run through in my mind. Okay, how much am I going to offer? Guy next to me goes, this all sold already. What do you mean this all sold? He goes, uh, every single plush in this house is sold already. I'm like, what? Please do not tell me this was five minutes ago. He goes, no, no, no. I did. I bought it out yesterday. I'm like, oh, and they, and he did. So what ended up happening is anytime anybody put a plush item in their basket on the way out, the individuals running the state sale would take it out and just say, sorry, you can't buy this. So he actually bought every single piece. I'm like, okay, that failed. All right. What do I do next? Still people gangbusters, like boom, grabbing this, grabbing that. Some stuff getting broken in the corner here. Like, you know, Johnny's jumping out the window with Mickey stuff. I mean, it's it's crazy. So I see this monorail thing. So there's this monorail replica. And I remember I saw it in the ad and they had it for $400. I'm like, okay, I wonder how much they're selling it for. So I asked the owner. I thought, okay, one way I can win is if I just get a few big ticket items. I win in two ways. Number one. People aren't trying to get the big ticket items. Number two, you know, I would have to sell maybe 20 plush to make the equivalent of or 20 items, whatever, to make the equivalent I can make on this. So it was half off and it was in great condition. And I checked comps on eBay and the comps on eBay, the last one sold used for about four fifty. I'm like, okay, this could be a good buy. I check on Terra Peak, sell at the rate of 100 percent. There's only like there was only four that sold and the average price is four hundred thirty three dollars. I'm like, all right, I'm buying this. So I bought it. So I get the monorail and I'm just then I'm scared to like carry this It's a mono, monorail replica. I'm scared to carry this out. So I carry it out, put it in my car. I'm like looking over my shoulder, making sure nobody sees what I put in my car. Shut the door. And then I'm like, OK, I'm going to go back in. I go back in. This is what's crazy. You know how you develop those piles at estate sales? Uh Okay, so I started developing a pile. When I would get back to my pile, stuff would be gone. It was nuts. So what I had to do this time was throw everything in a pile, pay the guy, go to my car, pay the guy, go to the guy, over and over and over and over again. So ultimately, I still walked out with profit. I I dropped about $308. I'm probably going to make over $1,000 on everything. And it's only going to take two or three sales to already make that thousand dollars. And, and there's stuff I still haven't researched. So it was pretty awesome. I'm a little shocked at how much Disney this person had because I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I, there are some rooms where you would open drawers and there would just be like, there was Disney everywhere. Yeah, that's like a hardcore collector. I was thinking that I actually watched that Instagram story um, that you put up. And I was trying to think like, it's it's amazing that somebody spent their entire life collecting all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's a bummer that at that point when they've passed away or whatever. But maybe the they didn't. Is, maybe they're just cleaning it out. I went to an estate sale similar to this about a year and a half ago. And I bought all kinds of Disney Plus. That's why I thought about Disney Plus because I bought about 100 pieces for a dollar piece. And I made like 30 to 40 on each of them. 
And I asked the seat sale, oh, you know, I feel really terrible that we're buying this stuff. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. They just they wanted to buy a new house and they didn't want to take the inventory with them. Huh. I think it's <laughs> think it's, about that. It's weird to think, think that, about like, that. But if your entire house, if, it, if every item in your house is Coca-Cola or Disney, because I went in, I went to a state sale one time that was like Coca-Cola galore. Everything was Coca-Cola. And you have to imagine that this is something that brought this person a lot of joy. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. most people aren't going to walk away from that. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things we talked before, like going to estate sales, like it, it could be a weird feeling, you know, like to think that this is something that well, somebody else has brought them joy. And and, you know, we're doing something good by finding new homes and bringing somebody else joy with it. But man, it's it's strange, especially when you see like this person, it it was their life. You know, there was there's no way you could say that it no, was not their life. Their closet, the clothes they wore were all Disney. I'm not kidding you. The only thing that wasn't Disney was some of the shoes and a couple. I remember there's a couple of shirts that weren't Disney, but everything was Disney. So the takeaways from this. Number one. I should have researched the night before. I had the pictures. I could have done some, you know, and gone. OK, now here's the problem, though. The stuff I did kind of glance at the night before, those were all the items that were already purchased by the time I showed up. The other part is, maybe I just should have started grabbing. I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. What do you think? Should I have started grabbing stuff without researching? Or should I have gone after the big ticket items? Yeah, and the other thing to think, maybe it's a strategy. You know, those little fold-up uh, wagons? That might be worthwhile keeping in your car because you never know when you but you're not allowed like to that. bring those in. Really? Yeah, no bags, nothing. Wow. So what people did is the guy had the guy or gal, whoever owned the place, had totes everywhere filled with Disney stuff. So people just put in what they wanted and they chuck. I mean, people were chucking expensive items. Just it was a mess. Let me give you some more context. In the garage, there would be five or six totes deep for each holiday. So Valentine's Day. St. Patrick's Day, Christmas, Easter, all filled with Disney stuff. Do you think the majority of the people buying stuff were resellers at this estate sale? Or were the people just like wanting to pick up some sweet I Disney think, stuff? I think there were there were some that were legit resellers. And I talked to a few of them. I talked to the guy that bought out the place and he did a good job. I mean, he handled it well. Uh, I, I met other people that were kind of novice, kind of new, and they kind of just showed up. And, you know, it's kind of you get that. It's that what happens on Black Friday. You see people grabbing stuff and you start grabbing. Oh. Right? And so I could tell, because some of the stuff they picked up, I'm like, you're not going to make any money on that. Right? And then there was other people that were just like in the neighborhood and just wanted to see what the hubbub was about and showed up and just started buying stuff. So crazy. Just crazy. Anyways, I, I guess the longer I'm a reseller, the more I like doing those bulk buys where I just meet with the owner on my own and just offer. Yeah, that's nice. And the other thing too, that I really haven't done much myself that I'd like to maybe do more, especially after our hus- our interview with Hustle at Home Mom, um, is calling garage sales ahead of time. Like I do my map ahead of time mm-hmm. of where I'm going to go. I do my research, looking at their pictures. In fact, I got a great deal today because uh, I looked at a house and I was looking through pictures and I saw this like really kind of cool antique looking tin or metal truck. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like, I, I'm going there yeah. first because I want that. Like, I don't even know how much it's worth. But if they have that, like, the other toys must be okay, too. Yeah. As I'm showing up, like, <clears> I see a guy carrying boxes of toys. I'm like, oh, man, everything oh, is the gone. the worst feeling. But, but the truck was still there, and I bought it. And so nice. I'm happy about that. But um, anyways, I go to one house, and the guy asked me, he goes, 
oh, are you the person that called about the, the video games? And I was like, no. Do you have video games? Right? Like, <laughs> which was great um, to be able to jump on and, yeah. and kind of have that opportunity. But, you know, it was very clear from Hustle at Home Mom that she makes, she calls houses ahead of time and lets mm -hmm. them know like, hey, I'm coming. Like, do you have this, this, this? So that would save a lot of time if they put a number in like the Craigslist ad or, mm -hmm. or whatever. But I had never really thought to do that. My philosophy was always just get there first to as many places first as you can that looks good. But if there is a way that you can, if it's a Craigslist ad, maybe you can even just reply to the ad, right? Like through email, like, hey, I'm looking for these items. Like, here's my number if you want to reach out to me. I don't know. Is that something you do? Oh, all the time. I don't necessarily call garage sales. I might email them. So yeah, I do. I do those things. I'm thinking through what you're saying right now. And I got to tell you, the best deals, the best bulk buys, the best flips I've ever had have not come from a state of panic or anxiety or having to race to something. Usually those have been the ones where there was a bad buy. So just something to think about, because I think of even, you know, even my last few Harley hauls or I had a, another haul of a. Uh, forget what it was, but it was a bunch of toys that I had purchased. There's a few hauls I've had. Some I haven't shown on IG. And those hauls were made with patience in the sense that I contacted the person. I left my business card. They contacted me and I had the whole place to myself and they still worked out a deal. The ones where you're trying to get there early and hustle to things. I find that that's where you want to get something before another person and you're willing to pay whatever. And you and I, I have found myself to lose more in those situations and when. So, I don't know. I just... Sure. <laughs> ultimate FOMO today. Ultimate FOMO. I still go, what did I miss out on? You can't think that way, though. You walked away with profit. No, I did. And I picked up some... I mean, right now, I've had people DM me about how awesome some of the items were. So, it feels good. So, if you're listening to this podcast and that stuff hasn't sold, you can still reach out to me. And if you're a Disney collector, I'm here for you. So, all right. Let's get into some current topics. But before we do that, did you have more to share? No. Okay. Hey, if you haven't been following us on Instagram, we are Purosa Podcast on Instagram. Check you us can, out. You know, you can visualize better everything that we talked about today because we do post a lot on Instagram and we share all the details on the podcast. Uh, we also are always, you know, new information, things that come across. You know, we talked about this in our last podcast that networking on Instagram is huge. So Pure Podcast on Instagram, Pure Cast on Twitter, Pure Podcast on Facebook. You can also call us 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Email us at purosopodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to say thank you so much to those of you that have put in reviews. We really appreciate it. Hey, if you ever want to, you know, do that for us, that's always awesome. Always puts us higher in the search. And I'll give a shout out to a special review that we got. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's actually what made me think so much today about the uh, the blowing a kiss during road. Rage. I love all the reviews. Don't get me wrong, but there's one. Somebody took the time. I don't know how they did it, but they created a vehicle with with just symbols, with yeah. just symbols, and there's a emoji blowing a kiss. Yeah, that's great. Like remember, like the old school, like that's how. Like people would do in like chat rooms or whatever on the internet. They'd like yeah. make a smiley face or make a like a picture of a dog and they'd spend a bunch of times like just making that and then they'd copy and paste. Yeah, this person did a car with the kissy face. That shows an incredible amount of creativity 
And uh, and I would say it it touches my heart that you <laughs> cared enough to to spend the time on that. I appreciate that. All right. And also, hey, if you're listening to the podcast and you have not seen our lovely mugs on YouTube, you're welcome to come on over, hit that subscribe button and notification. Oh, when you said mugs, you're talking about our faces. Our faces. I was like, yes. wait a minute, like the man. mug. Yeah. And some people have asked, they they want us to to sell the mugs, but we gotta make the ROI happen. So yeah, I refuse to sell like this mug. Like I want like a really nice yeah. campfire looking beautiful mug. You have one like that somewhere, don't hand, you? Right. Yeah, but it's not a Peerless Podcast. Oh, it's not. Okay. No. So okay. um yeah, we we don't want to put out anything that's not quality. So uh yeah, down the road, maybe, maybe we'll there'll be a place for that. There you go. So and hey, if you ever want to say thank you in a monetary way, thank you so much. By the way, we are continuing to get donations. We're really grateful. We got some new equipment out of it. Yeah. So we've been able to to upgrade some of our equipment, which is super great. Like it's always nice to, you know, be able to have the supplies that we need to produce the content that that we're producing that so, didn't come out of our own pockets it yeah. came out of the shirt sales and the, the donations yeah so, so thank you guys awesome. so much thank you so much so really appreciate there's a paypal link if you want to say thank you in a monetary way again our content will always be a hundred percent free always free 100 always we're here 100 of the time all the time now if you want to sponsor us that's a whole nother deal but that's for another conversation so anyways thank you guys for listening in let's get to the reseller topics yeah, current events. Okay. Breaking news. That, I don't know what that was. Current right. events. I don't know. All right. Seems like something news channel would do. So related to the shirts. Ooh, we got suspended on eBay. That was rough, man. <laughs> I felt like I'm still laughing about like, it. Oh. I just can't believe it happened. Okay. Let me give some background. My account was suspended. <laughs> I know. Mike texts me and goes, Why are we suspended? <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea. So it was kind of rough. So I really appreciate going through this process because I can empathize with new sellers. So Mike and I decided to do a Pure Hustle podcast account. So it's funny because we did have some people from eBay reach out to us and ask us, like, what happened? Why, you know, not not the people that deal with it. They're in another department, you know, other teams that we know from eBay Open contact us and they were concerned for us. And we had, you know, we should have been clear on the IG post that it wasn't our stores that we use every right. day. Yeah. Right. Because that would have been bad. Oh, yeah. If it was if it was like our actual store, that would have been a nightmare. But yeah. this was a separate account that was made specifically to sell our PRS podcast shirts because we decided if we're going to sell shirts through a platform, uh, let's use eBay. Like we love it so much. Well, like Let's put yeah. our money where our mouth is. And pretty much, you know, over 90 percent of you. I already have everything in eBay. You know how eBay works. It's easier for you to buy on eBay. Then, you know, Mike and I are thinking down the road, if we ever want to have some auctions for charity or for a cause, we can use eBay. We just thought it'd be the easier route to go. We, you know, build up our store, build up our feedback. And if there's ever items that we want to sell just for the podcast or something special that we want to be able to release, if we, I don't know if we'll ever have limited releases, but whatever. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. A limited release. Purosal <laughs> podcast pin, there collector you, pin. There you go. Uh, one of a thousand. Only a thousand may. There you go. But All 10 of you will buy one. <laughs> we thought we thought it'd be good to have our own Purosal podcast account. So here's a few hoops I had to jump through though. So I set it up and I get hit with seller limits because I Boom. think we were trying to sell... I don't know how many it was, but it was good enough amount of shirts that they wouldn't let me sell them. So I had to call. Now, 
I kind of don't like sharing this perk from eBay Open because I feel bad because you can't really access it unless you go to eBay Open. I think maybe you could get concierge. I think not. I think there's other other ways to get it. Yeah, also. I think if you have like an anchor store, you can have concierge. Or or I think there's like top rated seller with like something else. Like there's there. I think there <laughs> yeah. are other ways of getting. Yeah, it. there's other ways, but the easiest way is through eBay Open. So I call concierge, which they are top notch. They actually. No, I, I'm not saying the eBay reps that are non-concierge don't know what they're saying, but the ones that concierge, I, I VIP feel, treatment. I feel that they listen to Pure Hustle podcast and they actually sell on eBay. That's how strongly I feel about them. They like rolled out the red carpet and said, how may we help you? Today? They do. So I called them and I said, here's the deal. I'm trying to open this new store. We have this podcast and we're trying to sell these shirts. and." It's not letting me. What can we do? And they said, oh, well, let me see what can happen. And then they, they said, we need to establish a business account. They actually changed our username because I couldn't make it pure as a podcast initially. I had mm. to do some weird like pure 20 dash whatever. So they Bizarre. made it. They made it. And you know how, I don't know if you know this, but you can only change your store name once every 30 days. Oh, okay. So they they could do it whenever they want. So they changed it to pure as a podcast. They raised our selling limits. And I said, is there going to be any problems with this? They're like, no, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for using our, like, they were so happy that we were selling through eBay, which makes sense. Yeah. So we're good. I do a variation listing. I post, we get a, we get, I think we got within an hour or so we got, I don't know, 10 sales or mm -hmm. something like that. <laughs> then we got suspended. Boom. Suspended. Boom. Like no email. No, it wasn't even worse than that. No, there was an email. The email was, we have removed your no, listing. No, no, but not just to us. It went to every single buyer of a shirt. Yeah. So people are, people are going, we know you guys are legit. Just need to know that everything's all good with this shirt. And I had to, you know, message people back and say, yes, everything's all good. I don't know what happened. I contacted eBay. They just said, we don't know, but something triggered the suspension. We don't know what it was. The algorithm. Yeah. It was logic. It was logic. Which somebody did tell me that logic is the code that they use to program the AI. Nice. But I like calling it logic. Logic. So we're going to keep calling it logic. So logic. Thank you, Mr. Logic. <laughs> logic decided oh, logic. that Purosa Podcast needed to be suspended. Yeah. And you know, honestly, it it makes sense. And I know you called and talked to them and, and they, they worked it out right away. They helped, you know, resolve oh, the... In, it was instant. Yeah. They resolved the situation, which was, was nice. Here's the thing, though. We posted it on Instagram. We feel bad because, you know, people are going to comment and there's people saying, you know, like, I've been suspended and this happened. And it's rough. Like, if it's your personal account, like, I can imagine. how We did lose sales. Yeah. We had momentum with the shirts. And then we only sold, I think, a few shirts after yeah. after that. I mean, it does make an impact. But, but again, you've got to think of the broader picture here. And the broader picture is this is eBay <laughs> proving to customers that they're putting customers that they prioritize, I don't even, that's not even the right word. They, they care about the customers. They care about the buyers. And that is good for sellers because if buyers know that their money is safe, that they're not buying fake items, that if somebody is trying to scam them, that eBay is actively trying to find those people, locate those people, stop it from happening and rectify the situation. <coughs> so it makes sense to think that we had 10 sales. We have money coming in from 10 items. Not a single item is shipped out yet. 
right? A couple of people left reviews, right? Yeah, like right already, away. We got instant feedback. Thank you, by the way, those of you that gave us instant feedback. We really appreciate Super it. Super amazing. But I could see why that would trigger some alarms, right? Because how easy would it be for somebody to open up account, list 10 Gucci purses mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, Gucci's item that they don't even have, sell them. But does happen a lot. Yeah, sell them. And then as soon as money comes into the bank, pull it out, close it out, change it, however they manipulate the system so that, you know, they're not actually getting caught for this. That would be terrible, right? So now, would people do that with a low-end shirts? Probably not as likely. However, are twenty dollars shirts sometimes? Sometimes you see, like we've talked about before, like when it comes to not bootlegs, that's a different term, but like people might f make fraudulent items of pure as a podcast. Not a I'm joking, but but things that aren't necessarily as much because they're trying to fly under the radar. Mm -hmm. You can get away with counterfeiting one dollar bills probably a lot longer than you could counterfeiting hundred dollar bills. Okay, so. It, it makes sense that their system is trying to spot this. It's a computer AI that's doing the best that it can. And as far then, as we know. Yeah. And then it goes to human review, right? Like then an, a person looks at it. Here's the story. Once we were able to explain the situation, they rectified the situation immediately. They took care of it. They reestablished the account. So honestly, was it a little bit frustrating? Sure. But big picture is even as a buyer, because I just bought like a really expensive item on eBay. Right. Mm -hmm. As a buyer, I feel much safer knowing that eBay is doing everything they can to to prevent people from being scammed. Well, yeah. And it also helps sellers on the other end, because if eBay is known as a place that you will constantly get scammed, it's going to, you know, push buyers away. Yep. So I'm OK. <laughs> I'm not OK that we got banned. But in the long run, in the big scheme of things, I am okay that we got banned because well, we weren't banned, we we're suspended. Oh, sorry. Okay, banned would be like I'm thinking banned. Banned. So yeah. if you haven't heard the term banned, it's in our earlier earlier. We haven't used that term in a while. It's something more Londo really wanted to stick, and it you know it's no right. The store that I shall not be named is stuck. Okay. Have you seen like do, if do you know what I'm talking about? So the store that shall not be named refers to a certain thrift store. It's all over social media now. That's cool. It, no, it, like people will post stories and they'll say, I'm going to the store that shall not be named. Nice. And some of them have made, uh, is it acrostics or acronyms? When they go, the, the, at T S. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. Nice. So, no, it's a real thing. So, Bane, we were hoping would catch on as part of the Pure as a Podcast lexicon. I just think part of it is it looks too close to, to band. You know, like, unless you're Bane, really... all it means is when something bad happens, you've been baned. Like, Batman. Yeah, well, yes. I don't know. We we need I we need to bring Bane back. So yeah. I like Bane. You really like it. If you got if you want to throw Orlando a bone, put a put a put a comment, hashtag Bane, tag us. He'll feel really good. He'll sleep better at night. Thank you. That would Appreciate be nice. That. Okay. So don't do it. Our store is live. <laughs> we still have shirts out there. We're good to go. There you go. Yeah, but thank you eBay for resolving that. We really appreciate that because, and hey, now we can relate with you know other new sellers that are dealing with all that. Yeah, like heart drop for a minute. Your store has been suspended. I didn't know which store it was when I saw that email. Oh, you first. didn't know. The worst was it said something like "Dear Puroso Podcast," mm. and I'm like, oh, that's terrible. Like Puroso Podcast banned. I mean, sorry, suspended. Yeah. So all right, it's we all can, good. We can never talk about. 
eBay if we're suspended, you know? Like, <laughs> what, what kind of authority do we have? <laughs> I know. We're disinvited from Don't eBay actually open. have a store because yeah, they, you know, they've suspended us. But No, we were good. Okay. Now, here's an... Anyways, thank you again, eBay. Appreciate it. All right. There's... Okay, so two updates ago, we talked about Crossposts. Remember I talked about Vendu and I talked about Sawhound? Yep. And, so right now, there's a cro- I think there's cross-posting wars happening. Between like third-party programs? Yeah. Okay. Who, that, that, that is not me. That is, that is is my, that my phone? That is. I think my phone is over on the. That is you. See? Okay. Finally, Mike gets a sale during the podcast. Yes. That was not See? me. See? And I haven't even been listening. <laughs> he doesn't even have his phone on him. I have mine close I to me. I don't even know where it is. Somewhere in the studio. <laughs> yeah. But cha-ching, cha-ching. I'll okay. take that. Well, there you go. All right. I don't know if the mic catches that because last time it didn't catch it. So mm-hmm. anyways, mic had a sale. It cha-chinged. Well, like the the back to back to back where you know like it went through and they paid. Those are the best. Yeah, because it, sometimes it's just an offer and it's like cha-ching and you're like, oh, something sold. And it's like, oh. Oh, no, it cha-chings when you get an offer? Mine does. On Android, if I get an offer, it's the cha-ching sound. Oh, that's the worst. I get the message sound at least. Oh, no, no, no. Mine cha-ching. So I get an offer and it's cha-ching. Yes. And then I look at my phone and it's you got a $5 offer on this $100 item. And I'm like, no. Uh, eBay, if you're listening to us, please change it. Where if it's if it's a message, it should be a different sound than if it's an offer. Yep. I would love Or that. a sale. Oh, well, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's true on Android. On yep. Android. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Okay, so we had those. We had Vendu and we had... Sawhound. Okay. So Vendu's one where you can cross post to Etsy, Poshmark, and eBay. And you know, you upload your pictures and then it'll give you the option of where do you want to list. Sawhound right now, it's more of it does all the work for you. So you just you find the item, you get the pictures, you send it, and they'll do an SEO optimized listing, they'll take care of the shipping listing, they'll do everything for you. And then you just review it and you approve it. Now, it's only for eBay right now, but it's supposed to go across other platforms. And then, I don't know if you've been tracking this on Instagram, but the last two days, I don't know what List Perfectly did. So it's called List Perfectly. And they just, I don't know if they dropped emails on people. I don't know if they were at eBay Open and they had eBay signups. You know, you know how you do that sometimes at, at conventions? Oh, I don't know. Did you did you go on Instagram and see all these stories? Uh-uh. There were stories galore from Poshmark influencers, from eBay influencers, and List Perfectly is a Chrome extension. Now, Vandu and Sellhound. I like so, that. So Sellhound, I believe it's an app. Okay. Vandu, it's it's online and you have to do it through Chrome. And List Perfectly is a Chrome extension. Nice. Okay. I don't even know anything about it, and I already like it because I'm a Chrome fan. So posting all over the place people are like i love this perfectly and i love this and other people are, are have you checked out vendu vendu's awesome well what about Sellhound? and people are you know some influencers that we know were you know showing Sellhound and list perfectly and this one and um i'm like whoa like what is going on here like why now right hey this is like a like a change in the market right like a boom a new industry kind of has formed and competition came up that's a beautiful thing, right? It is a beautiful, and it's all at the same time. So List Perfectly is one where you can cross-post to Poshmark and eBay and Etsy 
And I think, oh, and Mercari. Hmm. And what it does is. So one listing automatically goes to all of them? So what you do is you you pick your item that you're going to. So you first you got to set up your account and everything. So let's go to eBay. So you go. Yes, I'm going to the mic. So you go to eBay. And on your active listings, it'll say copy the list perfectly. So you'll click on it. And what it does is once you click on that, it takes a little bit and it loads. Now, here's the, here's the thing. So there's a there's some loading time with all of these. So with Sellhound, with Vendu, with this one. And so you just got to you gotta be patient. And here's the thing. All these are new technologies. What, are they technologies? Are they software? What do you call these? I mean, it's a new technology if, if these third parties are... Kind of doing something different, but yeah, it, it would it would be software. Okay, so what it does is once it does that, it gives you the option then of you you click on the extension, and when you click on the extension, it'll give you the option of like, okay, do you want to copy this to Poshmark? Do you want to copy it to Mercari? Do you want to copy it to Etsy, and so on? And then you click on it, and it'll go to that site, and then you know there's differences, right? This is where I struggle with these cross posting apps. So eBay has 12 pictures, Posh only allows eight. So then you're going to lose your last four, right? eBay has more keywords. Posh only has so many. Mercari only has so many. Etsy has only so many. So then you have to reword some things. Here's another thing I have to be careful of. So I always run sales. So what, what List Perfectly would do and what, you know, Vendu wouldn't do because Vendu, I had complete control over my, my listing. What List perfectly would do is it would take my sale price over as a price. So I'd have to adjust that price. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so it seems like it's doing 70% of the work for you and you have to go in and tighten everything up. Correct. Which, hey, I mean, that's that's still really beneficial. I mean, that could save because really in the world of software, in the world of technology, one of the things people don't people always think about, but they don't always recognize this is what they're thinking about. You decide whether or not something is user friendly often by how many clicks it takes to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you can do something in fewer clicks, that's a win. So if you can press one button and then 70% of the stuff is done for you and you have to make maybe five clicks and change a few things, that's a win over opening up a new um, tab to actually go into that program and then start mm-hmm. from a scratch. Right. You're looking at maybe, I don't know, a significant reduction in clicks. So that's huge. Well, and so they each have their advantages, right? And so you're going to have to take a look at all of those. Uh, you know, we're not here to say one is better than the other. I still have to do the research. And I don't think we'll ever <laughs> say which is better than the other. Unless, you know, they they contact us. And, what? You know. What? No. I'm... <laughs> I, that that says we could be we could be bought. No, okay. We would we All would right. compare them fairly and give a, 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 our opinion on which one is best. Um, now, would we advertise for one if they sponsored us? Yes, but would I say that they're better just because they paid me money? No, that's wrong. Okay. Who does All that? Right. All right, just throwing it out there. All right, not us. I'm just messing around. We're real, man. We are real. This is why we're saying like this is real. So, <laughs> you know. List perfectly works good for me right now because I can go and you can, I can go my eBay listings and I've already I've already posted this to Poshmark. It didn't take long, right? There's there's lag time with all of these just because they're new. But I I from other people I've talked to is the more you do it, the more I don't know why that happens with technology, but it begins to adapt. I guess and things go yeah, faster. Yeah, think about when they first introduced the chips when you uh, on your credit card, and they talked about how much faster it was going to be this new technology. 
and you go to the store and you put your chip in and it took forever. And I was like, what is this thing? And like, oh, you got to reinsert it. And like, sometimes it wouldn't work. Like, oh, we're going to, let's try sliding. And it took a long time for the systems to really get efficient. But as they're working out bugs, as the system's learning, now it's like some places, not every place, but some places it's like you put it in, it's like, please remove your card. And you're like, whoa, that was, that was instant. Like that didn't take any time. So yeah, yeah it's same thing. So the, the, they're going to be fixing bugs and um, yeah, it's, it's gonna, it, it will improve with time if they're maintaining it. Correct. And, and understand they all have trials and then they have a subscription fee. Right. And prices vary. Uh, so that that's the other thing to think uh, about. Uh, well, they all have I mean, to they gotta make money. Yeah. yeah, they all got to make money. And, you know, maybe you test it out for a month. And if you end up getting more sales on that, pla- you know, because of you're on another platform, maybe it's worth it to you. You know me, I'm still kind of very much if eBay is working for me and I'm making sales on eBay, why would I devote myself to another platform? Yeah, but that's the thing is, are you really devoting yourself to another platform if it's doing the work for you, if it's doing a significant amount of the work for you, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, I'm thinking of having my helper do this. I wouldn't even do it. They would just spend or or hiring a VA to do this. Boom. Speaking of VAs, we talk about VAs a little bit in in our level up review. Yeah. So um, from a few (laughs) days ago, our level up review of... Uh, the four-hour work week, which we're going to have another one coming up in a couple of weeks. So, um, But before that, what do we have going on? We've got another interview coming up. Super sweet. We are scheduled to interview. You know, hopefully everything works out. It but should. we are scheduled to interview Wade's Venture, which is going to be amazing. It's, it's like the one-year anniversary from when we were on his show. Yeah, it's super the cool. irony in that. Well, and here's the thing, too. Like, we went on his show. Like, we... At that point, like, you know, we were nobodies. We're, we're still, still nobodies. nobodies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like he he was willing to, like, take a chance and put us on a show. And, you know, we had never been on anybody's but show But he before. opened a lot of doors for us. Yeah. And, and you know, like, to be honest, it's one of those things where you think, like, okay, it's just like a one time. Like, he just threw us a bone. Like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll I'll have you on the show. We'll do this quick interview. And then we'll never hear from him again. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been the case. Like. Wade has been so good to us. He's such a good guy. When we were at eBay Open, we spent a lot of time with him. Um, he's got an awesome family. His his wife and his and his kids are just such good people. So um, really excited to talk to him, especially because he does a lot of his 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 show. Oftentimes focuses on what other people are doing and kind of bringing mm-hmm. and showing uh, broadening the community by bringing other people in. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to kind of dig down deep into what is Wade doing? Yeah. And if you haven't had a chance, he does have a lot of videos. He does a lot of storage units. He actually has one video. I think that had over a million hits, Ooh. a million views. Bala, so, bala. so, so check it out. But I'm really interested because storage units is one of those things I'm hesitant about. Yeah. Right. Cause I always go, what do you do with the stuff that you can't find a buyer for? Or how do you find the buyer? So, Look forward to that. Yeah, and Mike says he's. Con- I'm concerned too. Technical difficulties because right, Google Hangouts isn't. Yeah, the program. Anymore. The program we were using uh, to record. They've. It's not supported anymore. So we're gonna have to try some different technologies. But we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I think we already were put to the fire with Craigslist Hunter. Yeah, that's right. And the fact that he was so good to us encouraged us that we're gonna make it no matter what. Yeah. There you go. Yep. All right. So. So check out those, check out List Perfectly, check out Vendu, check out Sellhound. All of them have their strengths. All of them have things, you know, maybe to improve upon. But definitely, if you're looking to go across platforms, 
should check it out. Now, I wanted to talk about the Reddit community, the flipping I one. love Reddit. Why do you love Reddit? Okay, so honestly, I haven't spent much time on the the like reselling part of yeah. Reddit, but just as like a, a platform, Reddit's awesome because I think a lot of programs have tried to kind of imitate it, but Reddit's like the internet forum where like you can get questions answered and the best part about it i mean there's community there's a community aspect to reddit mm-hmm. but the best part about it is it's upvote and downvotes on comments right so if somebody asks a question or somebody posts a picture or whatever it is the more people that are engaged in it and like that response they give it kind of like the thumbs up it goes higher up people don't like something they give it a thumbs down it goes down and so you get kind of almost the uh, the the crowd opinion of something, right? So you get, if somebody gives this really helpful answer, that goes immediately up to the top instead of going through like a typical internet forum where that answer might not be until like forever down, right? And it's not just question and answers, right? Like, so if I post a post, like let's say I post something that I, a bolo, right? And I'm putting it up. If it's really helpful and a lot of people think like, oh, this is great. And they start like talking about it and like, upvoting it now it's to the top of this community's forum whereas you know other things it's like somebody could post something it's like well this is this, that's not true that's not good and it stays up at the top for a while if it's just like the most recent like instagram like you you scroll through instagram you don't know when you're gonna get stuff too yeah and it's and it's like the best stuff might not be till like you know you've already scrolled through with your finger for 20 minutes and it's like oh that is so cool whereas on reddit the community is is doing the judging for you. Like, this is helpful. This is not helpful. This was really funny. Like sometimes memes, like if you're looking for like laughing, like the funniest memes are going to be the ones like, so a lot of times it does kind of the filtering for you. Gets rid of the stuff that's not helpful, the most helpful or the funniest or whatever it is that 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 community is focused on immediately gets pushed up to the top. So the reason I bring up Reddit is the flipping, the flipping forum, okay? F-L-I. P-P-I-N-G, just in case. Flipping. Okay. So there's about 138,651 members. Like right now I'm looking at it on my phone. There's about 441 online. And they have, and a lot of you are on Reddit already. You're already on this one. I just thought I brought it up because maybe some of you aren't. And I, I've i always had it, you know, really help me on certain points. And I just think it's not talked about much. I don't know why. But on there, you know, there's a part where it's like there's a daily newbie thread. So if you're a brand new person and maybe you don't want to be in a Facebook group or maybe you don't want to be part of a bolo group or or something, you can go in there and it's free and you could ask a question. Hopefully people will answer your question. Right. There's a <laughs> weekly hurt feeling support group thread. Nice. Okay, for reselling. Right. Uh, there's you know, there's good stories sometimes. Sometimes there's talks about bolo. Sometimes there's talks about new policies and it goes across. Amazon, eBay, you know, Poshmark. I, I haven't seen a lot of Poshmark, but there's some. There's just, I've gained so much information from being on there. And I'm not there on, on all the time. This last time I got on there, because somebody gave us a shout out. Thank you, by the way, whoever you were. Woo, woo. Somebody asked for any good recently podcast. And somebody said, oh, I listen to Scavenger Life and Pure as a podcast. And I'm like, wow, the fact that we're in the same sentence, that is awesome. Yeah, and honestly, there's nothing better you can do for us like i the, the the ways you can show support for us is leaving reviews and and telling other people about us mentioning us to people like honestly that is what gives us the the courage or the the 
motivation to keep going yeah keep doing this so agreed, thank you agreed. so much for those of you who support us it was awesome so let me give you let me i'm just gonna read four or five topics right off the top just so you get an idea those of you that have not been on reddit so the first one is usps scheduled pickup change if you're unaware like i was okay that's good to know StockX. so they talk about StockX. that's a whole other platform right if you had no idea this one's a rant but it talks about StockX. Uh, buyer said he didn't get the item and requested more to not leave bad feedback, right? So it talks about feedback extortion. That could be helpful to you. What are some red flags in a state sale? Here's some of mine, right? So there's there's good if flipping Lego advice, please. I mean, there's good stuff in there. And of course, with any information, even with the info we give you, you got to research it. You know, you got to do your due yeah. diligence. But yeah, the beautiful thing, though, like I said, like if you get advice, if you if you're a patient on Reddit. You're on the forum. You you post a question like that, and somebody gives you advice. Give it a little bit of time, and if ninety people on the forum say this is terrible advice and they're downvoting it, but then there's other advice, and 150 people say like thumbs up it, then you know like oh, as a whole, the community understands that this is the correct answer, right? And that is super helpful. A lot of times, and it's not always like mob justice, right? Like that's not the best way of thinking about it. But it's I, I look at it like Amazon reviews, right? If you go to buy an item, it might be five stars, but if it's five stars with one person reviewing it, I'm like, mm, I don't take, I don't put a lot of of, of value into that. But if it's four stars with five thousand reviews, and a lot of people are saying like super great, super, it's like okay, one person can definitely be wrong. It's hard for four thousand people to be completely wrong. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it is very helpful to 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 have that. So yeah, check out Reddit. Maybe we need to have a a bigger presence there on Reddit. We could. And now I'm not putting that on you because I know you do a lot of the social media. I'm 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 putting that on myself. I know we do have a Purest Podcast account on Reddit. So yeah, I should I should jump in there. There we go. All right, just a couple more things, and then we're gonna move on to our bolos. Uh, did you see that oh, story no. about uh, the in in Spain? Was it in Spain? I think it was Barcelona. Uh, somebody was arrested for scamming Amazon for three hundred, I think, seventy thousand dollars. And what they would do is, and uh, this is all—it's been all over Instagram. We posted about it a while ago, but I just want to share with you guys just to think practically about what to do with Amazon. That what this person would do is they would get the items, and they would say it was effective or it didn't work and they would return a box full of dirt that weighed exactly the same amount of the item that was shipped to them. And Amazon did not catch this. So what this person would do is not only would they get the money back from the return, then they would take that item and then they would flip that item too. To the point that they had enough seed money to start their own company. All right, so think about that. What was it called? Like, it was called word dirt boxes. No, it was it was something something technology. It was yeah. like a foreign word for technology. Yeah, at that point, you're not a dirt bag; you're a dirt box. <laughs> so, here's the interesting thing about it: that it was only caught when a worker decided to open a box in a warehouse. So, when Amazon gets returns, I thought that those went back to the merchant. I guess these didn't. I, I get what you're saying. Like, like when you get a return, what happens with it? I get it back if I request it back. But if I don't request it back and I I say, you know, liquidate it or destroy it or whatever, I won't get it back. Yeah, because it feels like they would have been caught early on. Like, I feel like maybe you get lucky with a couple, but I mean, how does Amazon not 
open up these boxes or like it gets sent back to the merchants. That's crazy. I, all I know is that here, I'll just read it to you real quick. What the news story said. Okay. So you change this is all over. Just type in Amazon dirt scam. You know, get all these stories, but basically, and this it says really, allegedly, it says oh, well, allegedly. everything's alleged. So it just said the return packages would end up sitting around in Amazon's warehouse. According to Fox business, the fraud wasn't detected until Amazon's recently reviewed returns policy meant an employee in Barcelona opened up one of the return boxes and discovered it was full of dirt. The L- <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. The El Español report described Cortang, and it's, oh, that's the person, and an associate as meticulous. It said that Cortang eventually had such a substantial turnover that he ended up founding a limited company, Cortec, a portmanteau of his surname and the word technology and the word technology. The police began the investigation, which was eventually taken over, blah, 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 blah. He entered the court and later released on bail, da, 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 da. So this, there actually, this reminds me of a scam that happened a year ago. There was a scam in Indiana. This one was this couple, and in, in I think it was Muncie, Indiana, set up multiple Amazon accounts that were fake. And this is when they used gift cards. And what they would do is say, it's defective, send me a new one. And then they would never send it back. Then they would go to a middleman. That middleman would send it to somebody in New York, and then they would flip it out there. That's crazy. And they, they, I think that scam was $1.2 million. So anyway, this, okay, so what's the practical application, right? Because we're not here to be a news agency. Practical application is I really believe Amazon is going to be better about returns now. Yeah. Open your boxes when you get a return. And, and make that before case. Before you refund. Make the case right away. For instance, there, I had a Bose a sound bar that was returned to me during Q4. And the, somebody returned a piece of junk. And I got too busy and I never followed up because I'm like, uh, Amazon's probably not going to do anything about it. They're going to do something about it now. I, I think this is a slap in the face. I mean, this guy returned $370,000 of dirt. Now, was this like Amazon International? Yeah, this Sounds is like- in Spain. Okay. But this other scam in Indiana that happened last year was in the States. <laughs> so, anyway, just something to think about. Bizarre. All right. One, one more thing I wanted to talk about. Just because right now we're in the season of clearance. Right? Have you gone to any of the clearance kind of deals at certain stores? You know what I'm talking about? Some are yeah. yellow tags. Uh-huh. Um, you know, this year, I last year I was super eager to pick up clearance. This year, I don't get as excited with clearance. And why is that? I had bad experiences last year with like, one, when things went on clearance, they often would be clearance across the nation, <clears> right? <throat> and mm-hmm. so the prices on these items would tank so low that I would see what looked like a really good price on the clearance that these items for whatever reason are selling on eBay for even less than that. Right. Like, because the market gets flooded so fast, people are trying to stop loss. Right. And they're just offloading or mm-hmm. they're doing that thing that we talked about where they buy hundreds of them and they sell the first 50 of them for a loss or a, a break even. And then now they've got this buy box at the top that show like mm-hmm. them as the number one seller. And then they could slowly increase. So there just isn't the margins usually with the clearance items. I feel like they're almost the too obvious of choice to pick. Agreed. And so the reason I bring this up is, so right now I'm selling a bunch of items that I bought on super clearance six months ago. And some people hold on to inventory. I listed these items, but I listed them high. I did not list with the market. So there's two kinds of sellers. There are some that will go to the clearance. And since they bought it for so cheap, they will sell it for really cheap which completely, you know, changes the market. Yeah. Others will list high and they'll wait. So 
there's two things that I want people to take away from this. Number one is don't chase what's on Instagram. Don't chase, you know, what's on YouTube unless, you know, it's, it's something that holds value because I can tell you, I have lost a lot of money, a lot of money on Amazon and eBay by doing that. You know, you see somebody at a certain store and they got all this stuff at super clearance and like, Hey, I can get that too. And you go and then you pick it all up and you might make money on the first two or three, but then the whole market gets flooded and you're going to lose money. My advice to you is either a don't do it or B list high or C you hold that inventory, right? Right now I have a pair of uh, polo boots that, Right now, the market's still flooded. It's been flooded for a year. And now, again, you have to have the capital to do this, okay? If you don't have the capital, I strongly encourage you not to do this, right? Because even though the price is low, if you buy a lot, your money's going to be tied up. Now, there's some times where it's so low, you can buy 100 items and it's not a lot of capital and it's worth it to you. But just think it through because I, I right now, I see so many new sellers on Instagram and you know, you feel nice when you walk out with a huge haul but you don't see what happens three weeks later when that hall hasn't moved. Mm-hmm. Right. So just something to be careful though. Or somebody said, we need to make shirts that just say, just something to think about. Something to think about. Cause we say that all the time. Do we? I do that. And you never know. Yeah. It's just something to think about and yeah. do it for the algorithm. All right. Bolos. You might be right. <laughs> that, that one too. That's another one. All right. Bolos. What's your bolo, Mike? Bolo. I feel like this is the Disney themed episode, but I'm gonna I'm using Disney as an example, but it's not the specific bolo. So uh we've talked a lot about books as being something that's like a good way of getting into Amazon. Um one of the things that's challenging when it comes to eBay with books is when you go to garage sales, you don't always find like the really good textbooks, right? But there's mm-hmm. always so many books. My bolo is don't sleep on or don't pass up big book sets, right? Okay. So if it's a one-off book, if it's just a bunch of kids' books or a bunch of romance books or a bunch of young adult books or whatever it is, and they're just one-offs, you're probably not even worth looking at them, right? But if you can see like, oh, wow, they've got like 20 or 30 books that are all like bound the same and kind of together in a clump. I have every time that I've kind of looked at a, at a group of books like that and I've picked it up, I've made a lot of money. An example is I picked up a set of, I want to say it was like 30, it was close to that, of Disney bound, like hard, um, I don't even know, know, know what you'd call them. But anyways, they're like paper books, but the, the board books for the outside, okay, little kid books. And it was a set of like 30 of them. And I think I only paid like four or five dollars. And I just sold it for over $50, okay. right? And media mail is so cheap when you're selling a big set like that, right? So if you're at a, a, a place and you see, maybe don't ever pick up just one Twilight, right? Or just one Game Twilight. of Thrones or just one. Is there any value in Twilight anymore? No. Or was there ever? I don't know. Probably okay. not. But if you see a set, right? Like a single Harry Potter book might not be worth it unless you're like collecting sets. But if you see a set, the entire thing complete, that is a bolo. I passed on a Harry Potter set today at the seat sale. Did you? I mean, I, I honestly don't know whether or not Harry no, Potter's no. doing good, but I now that I think about it, I probably should have picked it up. Yeah, I mean, sets sets do well. Like people want to be able to buy 
all of them at one time and be able to get knowing that the all the bindings because when you buy on Amazon, yeah, you can get cheaper, but sometimes you're not guaranteed to get like the exact same type of binding, right? Like true. you get one paperback and then the next paperback is like a slightly different publisher done a little differently. And then on the shelf, it doesn't look as good. Right. And kid books are a great example, right? So if it's, you know, preschool books or, you know, the old, you know, teaching kids to read, if it's a set of like 10, 20, 30 of them, maybe it's a set of like Nancy Drew books or Hardy boys or something like that. It's worth looking at and seeing what they go for in a lot, right? What is a lot of, 30 or 40 Hardy Boys book go for as opposed to oh, Hardy one-offs. Boys books go for yeah. money, I think. Yep. So that's a good bolo because those are the ones that people pass over all yep. the time. Because you're just so used to books not not being it, right? Unless it's like, oh, that's a textbook. But if you see a bunch of them together, bound together, take a look. Look it up. It's worth the time. Okay. So speaking of Disney, we I think this is like a Disney themed episode. Yeah. We should, we should, we should title it something about Disney. So today at the state sale, and this happened in the last few weeks, anything that's Disney collab, it's worth a second look, right? So for example, today I picked up a bunch of Disney John Deere figurines, right? So if they were just Disney, if it was just Mickey on a tractor, wouldn't be worth as much. But if it's Mickey on a John Deere tractor and it says John Deere, it's worth more. I had, I had a relative, um, they were... More country, I guess the best way to describe okay. them. And he asked their little kid, there was like a toddler, what's your favorite color? John Deere green. Wow, like very specific. Anyways, I just thought about yeah. that when he said John. That's good. Now we're telling color. jokes on John here. Deere green. All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So other like Disney and Vans. If you ever see Vans shoes that are Disney, they're money. I'm, I mean, I've sold, I remember I sold a pair of Jungle Book Vans that were they were dirty and I paid $6 and I sold them for 50 bucks. I've sold, you know, ones that had all the, uh, the wicked, like witches, Ursula and, and all that, you know, those sell for right now you can, I think they're on eBay, the Vans ones for like 80 to a hundred bucks. Right. So keep an eye Disney and rain spooner. That's a given. Uh, have you ever come across a Disney rain spooner? I have not. I, I rarely come across rain spooner. So, so those are, those are money. Now, some are more money than others. Uh, I forget what the uh, the guy, the guy that's behind Pixar, but he, he was a big collector of these. And so his, I remember at one time, those shirts, if you got one that was, let's say, Wreck-It Ralph, or if it was, you know, I don't know, Ratatouille, whatever, not Ratatouille, Ratatouille made some money, but, you know, some of the, like, cars, the Disney cars, Hawaiian shirt, that's Rain Spooner. Those are money. So look for those Disney collabs. Not all of them are money, but they're worth Taking the time to research because you never know what you have in front of you. That's good. So, so that's my bolo. I like it. All right. What are you looking forward to, Mike? Um, I don't know. <laughs> are you is it just your drains right now? Yeah, I I think routine. I've not had I've not had a consistent routine. Okay. I thrive on routine. I think I think most people do, whether or not they they like to admit it, right? Like if I mean there is a certain amount of like you know, freedom and kind of just like go with the flow. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to like have consistency and there's just been so much change that I'm excited to get into routine and a and big part of that routine is going to be reselling. So I know I mentioned last time, like I'm ready to start listing again. And as much as I dislike listing, um, you know, once it's part of a routine, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be happy because I'm going to be back to actually routine. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing you listing and making more sales and, 
Yeah. Maybe we'll go sourcing together say, again. How did how did how'd your week go? It was great. I listed a bunch of items. No, well, no, no, no. It's, I mean, you make the money, hey, but I listed like, a bunch of items and I had some awesome sales that I have multiple things to talk about. That That's I, I think you're just right now in this kind of I'm kind of worn out kind of mode right now. Yeah. But but even still, you're happy with the outcome that listing provides, but listing itself is just a drain, man. I don't I don't know. I to me, listing is the is it's the last step before you make money. Right. That's how you got to look at it. That once this list, I'm making money as long as it sells. I think of shipping as that. True. But the money's already in your account if you sell on eBay. Well, then it's almost worse because then it's like work you have to do after you've already been paid. Okay. It's like really the last step. But you're just, you're just finalizing. You're making sure that you're getting paid. See, then it's your second last step. I don't know. Listing is the pre stuff, man. It's, I mean, it's good. I, I get it. Um, I just want to get like, I like ironing. Um, I know it's weird, but like, no, I like ironing too. That's kind of, it's, it's therapeutic, right? Yeah. Like I'll iron my clothes before, you know, the week is starts. And what kind of episode has this become? I don't the stories know, we've told on this episode. It's good right. stuff. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for a time when listing gets like that, where it's like kind of just therapeutic, like, all right, I'm going to list some items. Okay. It took time to get that way with ironing. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the same thing will happen with listing. All right. So, what I'm looking forward to is a little different. A few things. I'm looking forward to using these cross-posting applications and getting sales on these other platforms. Now, if I don't see an upsurge, now this would require me listing a lot, right? So my hope is that the way I looked at some of these, I could get probably three to 500 items listed by our next update episode. Really? On other platforms, or at least on Posh. So. I'm hoping that I'll see a return on that. We'll yeah. see what happens. The other thing I'm looking to is I'm now going to have my helper list hard goods. So she was only doing clothing and shoes and hats. And I'm at a place right now where I have so many hard goods that I kind of need to let go some more. And so I'm going to be dropping some stuff off. And the thing with hard goods, it's, you know, your stuff better than anybody else. With clothing, you can kind of get away I can, you know, I can put like cosmetic wear throughout. I guess you could do that with hard goods, but I think it takes a little more inspection. So we'll see what happens, but it's just, it's a next step because I eventually want to get another helper and have two helpers. <laughs> yeah, I know you love that word. And the other thing is getting ready for Q4. Now I've already been getting ready, but what I mean is planning to put together my own bolo list. And putting together what stores and planning trips to go sourcing. Because it's almost that time. That's Think crazy. about it. We are... Q4, here we come. I, I think, aren't we in the second month of Q3? Yeah. We're in August. That's too much math for me. It's coming. It's like, <laughs> it's like the winter is coming memes. Q4 is coming. <laughs> It'll be here. So I am excited about that. But hey, there's a lot of good things happening. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to our reselling stuff. I'm looking forward to Wade's interview. I'm looking forward to dropping up and dropping another level up review. And there's other some other things in the works too. There's always things in the works. So it's gonna be good. So hey, anyways, hope you all had an incredible week. Hope you gained some value from this episode. Yeah. As always, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Peace. Peace.